and welcome to Burnout, a different kind of gap year podcast, a podcast focused on building knowledge, awareness, skill, and support in recovery or prevention of burnout. Each month showcases either a guest who comes on the podcast and shares their personal experience of burnout to recovery or a knowledge-based episode where an expert guest or I, a clinical psychologist, share skills and strategies to prevent or overcome burnout. The views, opinions, tips and the like expressed in this podcast by myself or my guests are not a replacement for personalised therapy. Just like I have done for myself, I encourage those of you who are suffering to seek professional help. In this month's episode, you hear from Eva James, a population health lead who, like myself, took a work-life gap to help support her health and well-being. Whilst we have some similarities in our experiences, Eva's burnout experience is definitely unique in the sense that she also experienced grief at the same time. She also shares the challenge that came with making the decision to take some time off and prioritizing herself and the guilt she felt with that and how she got through that. And she also talked to the challenge of slowing down in her gap experience to really recover. I don't want to reveal too much, uh, so please stay tuned and listen to her experience. I am a true believer that we learn off the stories of each other and it also helps us understand and connect with each other and know that we all are alike in a lot of ways. So stay tuned. Hi Eva and welcome to Burnout A Different Kind of Gap Year podcast. Hey Shan, nice to be here. Uh, first of all, a big huge thank you for your willingness to come on and, and share your burnout experience with us all. I know from personal experience how how much <laughs> that um, can take and, and so I really do appreciate your time and yeah, and I suppose and your trust in me to come and share this story with us all. No worries. I think it's, for me, hearing other people's stories and especially yours has been so helpful. Just feeling normal, which is nice. So I think if my story can help others feel that too, then I'm happy to be here. Exactly. And I'm so glad that my story was helpful because people who shared their story to me, this is what started it all. Like I was like, oh my God, the the power of story and sharing our experiences, even the most vulnerable experiences like burnout, it, it helps. It helps. So thank you for passing it on as well. Let's start by getting to know a little bit about you, Eva, and you about around your work, your life. I suppose that almost like sometimes I suppose the pre-burnout, but yeah, just getting a picture of you. Yeah, sure. So me, hmm. So, uh, always a funny question, but I've been reflecting on this a lot recently. So yeah, good practice. Lovely. Uh, so I guess I am, I don't know, early, early career professional, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I've been in the workforce post-uni, working full-time for seven, eight years now. I work in population health, so looking at how we can improve and support the health of, of people at a population level. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly I really love my work and, and always have, and I think that really knew that I wanted to work in health and that pathway was pretty clear for me oh, yeah. and 
and still really want to work in that space. So I think I'm, yeah, really grateful for that. Yeah. Population health. So what degree, you know, training does that require? I'm just, yeah, curious. I did a Bachelor of Health Sciences uh, with a major in health promotion. So pretty broad, but I always thought I'd be a doctor and then I always thought I'd do something clinical and then just probably started in school, started to learn a bit more about health promotion and public health and Mm -hmm. preventive health. And it just really resonated with me. And once once that stuck, I couldn't I couldn't think of working in a, a I guess a doctor clinical role. Uh, I just really just really resonated with me. So kind of continued on that path. But you were drawn from health, to health, sorry, health industry from a young age. What was it about health that drew you to? Yeah, drew you to health. Yeah, I think at the core of it was wanting to make a difference and contribute to something bigger than myself. Mm. I think that's probably it at the core of it, but also just found it, found it really interesting and and fascinating. I think that's two very quite dynamic motivating factors. And I can see, I can see more clearly what, what drew you to the health area in general, but the more you got exposed to it and you got exposed to public uh, population health, it was like, Oh, that's my area (laughs) and went, went in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. So that was that straight from, you know, school, uh, high school into university for you? More or less. I I went straight into uni from school. Uh, I I didn't exactly have the straightforward path to, to complete uni. I started at one uni and then ended up change, moving cities and changing to another wow. and took some time off in between as well. So it was a bit up and down and roundabout and took a little bit longer to finish my undergrad than most, but got there in the end and got it done. Well done. And then it was, yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks. It's a hard slot, <laughs> speaking from experience as well. Yeah, I think, like, I've always been hardworking in terms of whatever I do, whether that's work mm-hmm. or outside work, and always really like to have fun as well and that's I guess usually with friends and family I've always played soccer so that's always been a huge outlet for me in terms of having that kind of consistent team in my life that where I go and play and that's that's a big outlet for me and travel as well that's always been something that I've really prioritized and Mm -hmm. focused on yeah moving into I suppose your burnout experience and I know we're not always necessarily aware that we're burning out when it's happening to us and it's sometimes in retrospect that maybe you and it might have been a different term that you were using or you know stressed out or whatever like yeah just when you started to notice you weren't okay yeah it's it's funny that hindsight hindsight thing yeah. because absolutely at the time in on reflection when I look back and and think about those moments or how I felt mm. and I know I didn't feel great at the time, but it was hard to put a, a put a finger on it or what that was. And I think probably mm. the one of the main words that comes to mind is exhausted. And I just I just felt exhausted mm. Mm. in every way. Yeah. So like emotional, mental, physical exhaustion. Just yeah. 
yeah, I just didn't have anything. I didn't have anything to give to, to work, to my partner, to, to friends and family. I just, I didn't feel like I was showing up mm-hmm. as the person I usually would in my life and really started to, there'd been, of course, times in my life where work had been tough yeah, and hard times, but I think it had got gotten to a point where like multiple series of events where I had cried over something. Yeah. So minuscule (laughs) and then kind of just going, I don't think I've ever had this kind of reaction to something like this before. Mm. What, what's going on? Yeah. So there was a, a disconnect from the emotional expression that you're having for that particular event that was occurring that day it just didn't match up and so you're like okay something's going and this is yeah not like you and so something's going on here needs my yeah uh, yeah yeah when uh you know I guess six to 12 months on from or even maybe 18 months on from that the initial stages of really feeling like that mm-hmm. looking back and I guess there was a point where I was like okay Oh, like I'm, I'm done. I need a break. But there was points pr- prior to that, or red flags, I suppose, that popped up. Okay. Where I think it, I probably could have picked it up earlier mm-hmm. before I got to the point of feeling exhausted. And it was, it, it's interesting because it's it's linked, I guess there's a lot of connection um, between the period of my my father being sick and then passing away mm. and all the, the grief, the grief that came with that, but also the practical stress of what one needs to do to be the executor of, an, of a will and manage an estate and, you know, supporting someone to plan their death and, and all of those things, yeah. Yeah. feeling like feeling burnt out at that point mm. but then not really taking time out to to kind of uh, I guess recover from that and then just going hell for leather at work for 12 months I think on on top of that uh, I guess grief and exhaustion and I think the mm-hmm. the symptoms or the experience of grief and burnout and this is just my experience everyone is different yeah but I think a lot of those symptoms overlap in terms of mm-hmm. feeling uh, disconnected, like what's the point, what does any of this mean? Yeah. And I think that that's something I didn't really, I didn't really realise or find that connection or see that connection. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been two and a half, two and a half years since my dad passed away. So, yeah, that's been an interesting, an interesting process and reflection for me to, to kind of look back even further yeah and Eva you know my condolences of course I know we because we have a connection outside I you know certainly have passed on that but that's such a huge huge thing to go through lose uh you know the death of your father but as you met you know have let us know as well there was so much more that was involved in that for you as well being the executor of the will like so much more layers so and and then that connection with having to continue with with work and and the ongoing you know demands of that whilst also dealing with that outside and of course it doesn't stay outside you know we're human and 
yeah, you were grieving as well on top of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Is it like you mentioned there, uh, you know, 18 months on from really noticing the exhaustion, you can look back and see those red flags. And I know like with the grief and, and processing that and not having the time to do that, but were there other sort of red flags that upon reflection you notice now that you can share with us? Yeah, I think, and I guess this is where it gets tricky in terms of that overlap with with the grief and the early exhaustion or feeling that exhaustion because certainly being tired is also a symptom for many when you're experiencing grief. But yeah. just, yeah, I think further on from from that grieving period that, like, I felt like I guess I, you know, started to deal with that a bit more but mm. got was just really struggling with, yeah, regulating my, my emotions yeah. when when something was difficult and I, you know, every, everyone, everyone gets emotional sometimes, you know, we're all human, but it it was outside of, of what was normal for me and how I would react to situations. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Feeling, yeah, I guess for me, it felt like I was often overreacting Mm. to, to situations that I could, previously manage and navigate and be confident and and like I guess yeah navigate my way through through tough situations Mm. that yeah I mean I guess I've already touched on that already but that that was a big one for me yeah not finding not finding joy in the things that would usually bring me joy yeah or my usual I guess I call them escapes, but maybe that's not the right word. It's those those moments where you are you just feel really mindful and you're not thinking about anything else and mm. you're really into what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, for me that's always been football or, or soccer. Yeah. And that was another thing that I'd noticed. I just I wasn't I wasn't getting that same same you know, joy from it anymore. And I think, and it was the same, it was the same with work in terms of, I mean, look, of course work doesn't always bring joy and there's always tough times, but really actually questioning, even though, you know, there's been tough times throughout my career, but always been really, I guess, centered on, yeah, you know, what, what are my values and how does that align with work and, and what's, you know, where do I want to be in terms of, my career and and I think I've always been pretty clear on that uh but really started to question Mm. is this what I want to do I'm not sure if I care about this anymore I don't know if I believe in any of this anymore yeah 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 loss of meaning purpose that once was there very much there I mean you you mentioned already to us about you know your early life there and wanting to move into health and finding you know the population health public health and area there was always a drive and a passion from an early age and that that was now missing and you were questioning your career and and not just missing in your career there was also a lack of a joy connection with your football as well like which as you mentioned is something very important and meaningful in your life as well so and and I can certainly resonate and I want for a better word at the moment scary I don't yeah it is really and really confronting because you're kind of sitting there going 
whether it's, you know, my partner, I love you and mm. our relationship is is great and I feel so blessed and grateful to have you but I feel like I don't have anything to give you yeah. or at football showing up and, you know, I, know, I know that I love this sport and I love this team but I don't feel that. <laughs> it's really like there's such a disconnect there and it's really – it is really scary and confronting trying to navigate that because I remember just so many times thinking, am I ever going to feel normal again? Am I ever going to feel like myself again? Yeah. Eva, I just got the goosebumps because I can, I can so relate, you know, that am I ever going to feel this way again? I remember having that thought so often and, uh, you know, am I ever going to feel joy? Am I ever going to feel this connection with the people, particularly the people, because I, I, I then I don't know if you had this, but I had a layer of guilt and uh, and even shame sometimes, but mostly guilt. Yeah, yeah, a lot of guilt. Yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to share about that that early experience of it that what you were noticing? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I'll probably touch on the main main ones. I think you know that lack of joy. Yeah. Um, not feeling like myself, but just even the exhaustion, like I'd show up, you know, show up to the gym, which also was something that I really love and just physically have nothing. (laughs) So, so exhausted. And and then would get, again, would, I remember multiple times at the gym where I just, I just felt so exhausted Mm. and my body doing what I wanted it to do. And then it was like, then all the emotion would just come out. Mm. Yeah, wow, wow. So it was really the impact on your life. It just permeated everything for you. That's what, like, work, football, gym now, your relationships. And and for those I speak to, and, of course, you know, mine, you know, whatever mental health, emotional health, emotional mental health we're going through, it does permeate and starts to impact all areas of your life. And that's a sign that something's not going okay as well. What, what was the, I mean, you did mention actually there was a point sort of things changed or shifted where started to respond or do something different to, to deal with this, what you were noticing was happening for you, yeah, emotionally, mentally and physically, really, yeah. Yeah, it, I don't think it was a, it wasn't, again, it wasn't a linear journey of, feeling exhausted or feeling like crap for quite some time and then getting to a point and being like, okay, I need to I need to do something about this or something needs to change. I think it was actually quite a period of time where it was up and down and it would kind of go from I guess the the underlying tiredness was always there, but it would ebb and flow with being able to manage it. Okay, yeah. And, but I I guess towards the end of, (laughs) when I say the end, I'm saying before I actually took considerable time out from work and life in some ways. Yeah. uh, I, that kind of, it was just too many things in a row in terms of just feeling like I couldn't bounce back. Yeah. So that ebb and flow, there was times in which, you were able to bounce back, which helped with that, I suppose, that, that up, the uptake, the up, but then, you know, going back down again and then it got to a point where you couldn't get back up again. Like it was, yeah, just too many things in a row. Yeah. Yeah. And 
I had recognised it for quite some time and thought, oh, I want to, I really want to take some time out. And it was something mm. that I did, I did actually think about probably for about six months before I took action to put things in place yeah, uh, to take time out. So I guess still it was, it was a bit of a, a gradual kind of move towards taking that time out rather than, as you hear some people's stories where, you know, one day they kind of crash and burn and can't, can't go on and don't, I didn't have, I didn't have that experience. It was, it was a, a, a bit more of an up and down kind of journey over quite some time. Yeah. I was just curious finding out a bit about that decision process of taking time mm huge one but before that I was just wondering what sort of uh, things that you were engaging in to support yourself as you became aware of um you know I'm not you know not doing quite so well these days that just yeah I suppose the what we like to term the coping strategies yeah yeah so I had I think because previously I guess had gone through tough times in my life where I'd, you know, sought out support before and found that beneficial. So I think I was in a good, good place to, to recognize that I was going through a tough time and I I wanted to get better. Mm. And so I, um, I was seeing a psychologist and which was, which was helpful. Also journaling a bit as well. And for me, exercise, even though, like I said, I wasn't, I was finding it really hard and exhausting and I wasn't getting what I usually would out of it, turning up and just doing and just saying to myself, you know what, I'm just going to turn up and I'm going to do whatever I can with however I'm feeling today because I know that uh, it's good for me and I'll feel better for it yeah. afterwards. So that was, that was important to I, I definitely wasn't as consistent as I had been in the past with maintaining that, you know, moving my body, but that really helped as well. Yeah. Yeah, I often reflect because I continued exercise as well, even though I wasn't feeling the connection as much, but I had that wisdom through, thank God, previous yeah experiences of emotional and mental health and and I suppose having the psych degree as well and, and being a psychologist, having that knowledge and wisdom of, of what could help there, but that, that continuing to move the body, you know, is so important. And you mentioned there, so my brain's going a little bit. <laughs> there. Uh, yeah. We're seeing your psychologist, you know, so that there was that too. And journaling uh, that, that helps support you too. Was there anything particular about those two, you know, things that you did that you found particularly helpful? Hmm just getting support mm. maybe outside of my immediate immediate circle I, I've always found that that helpful and the journaling for me is just I find it so helpful to get out of my own head <laughs> yeah yeah you and I are similar in like because we both uh, both journal to support mm-hmm. our health and yeah that's like me too it just gets me out of my own head because I can get a little bit or a lot locked into it and it's not always helpful. So it's a really great diffusing uh, process, yeah, that supports me and, yeah, sounds like supports you as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think just being, I mean, it's always easier in hindsight again to say these things, but yeah. something I really tried to practice was, especially with 
with the, you know, the trying to move my body was just, like I said, showing up with whatever I had that day and just, just being okay with that because I think I touched on it before, but I'm someone who if I'm, if I'm doing something, I want to do it the best that I can. Yeah. And just being okay with, you know what, today I'm probably going to be pretty shit at this, but yeah. I'm giving it a go. Yeah, I'm glad you brought us back to that because I really felt when you shared that, like there was a real compassion there for self. I don't know if you connect with it in that way, but it is. And that was a shift and change mentally for you. That takes a lot to to switch and do, but so powerful when we're not doing okay to just meet ourselves with where we're at at the time. Yeah. I will say that wasn't easy. It was not easy and it was it was something that I really had to to work on. It wasn't just like I was like, oh, this is great. Like I'm just going to do my best. No, like I had a mental battle about that every day, but it was just, yeah. I guess, being upfront about that and, and rolling with it. Yeah, yeah. Mindset shifts are one of the hardest things to do, so I'm really glad that you're highlighting how difficult that was for you so others can hear that too. Because, I mean, changing behaviour, as we know, you know, is is hard, but our mindsets are behaviours as well that we get very used to. So if we're used to pushing ourselves and having really high expectations and unrelenting standards, which are all part of perfectionism, <laughs> that you know, to shift that into something completely different, like meeting yourself with where you're at, that takes time and there's an internal battle, but you keep rolling with it, you keep persisting. And over time we change and we're able to shift that mindset with that persistence. So well done, yeah, on, on doing that. Were there other mindsets that you found you had to, that you became aware of and had to shift in this whole process of, of going through the grief and burnout? Oh, so many, so, so many. It's a constant, <laughs> constant learning journey over here about this mind of mine. <laughs> yeah, so many we could make a whole podcast on mindset shifts, can't we? <laughs> and, Absolutely. And I will. I think that's a really important topic and, and certainly talking to that because there are many that mindsets that make us vulnerable to um, not only things like burnout but other you know, mental health conditions or experiences. So, you know, being able to identify them and having the tools to work on them to shift them is so important. As you've mentioned, there was a time in which and, and it, like you said, six months where you really contemplated uh, a, a next move in terms of supporting yourself, a big move as well in, in helping helping support you, which was to step back, you know, from work. But it sounds like step back from life. I don't know if that's the right term, but, you know, sort of taking a time out, I think that's what you, you know, said there in the way you articulate it. But, yeah, can you share that process with us? So I always like to say that indecision is still a, a decision and it's often the most difficult decision because it's so uncomfortable to sit in that limbo land of yeah. where you want to make a decision but you are agonising over which is the right right decision or which is the right way to go. Mm. And I think I've got, oh, I'm not sure what book that's from, might be The Power of Now, don't quote me on that. But it's always stuck with me that indecision is still a decision. Yeah. And, yeah, it's it, it, it did take quite some time to get to a point where I made a decision. But once I'd made the decision, 
Mm. It didn't feel difficult anymore. It didn't feel like a big decision. It didn't feel like a hard decision. It was just, Mm. it was made and I had a plan and a path to move forward with it. And when I say that, I mean specifically about taking six months off work. Mm. And it started, making that decision started with just a feeling of I'm exhausted and I can't, I just Mm. don't have any, I don't have anything to give to to much of anything and particularly not work. I just, I really just want some time out. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was a process that I, that I went through and went through that with my partner as well because we both took time off together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, I'm very values-driven and that decision also started with, again, reassessing what are my values and Mm. Uh, am I living those right now and, and you know, what do I need to do to, to be living those and also just what, what do I actually want my life to look like wow. and now and, and into the future. And then I guess there was a whole lot of operational and practical planning that, that went along with that as well. Yeah. Thank you for sharing what that, because I was curious about that, what helped with arriving to a decision or the decision to to take you know six months off work and it was connecting spending time reflecting connecting on on your values and whether your current behavior you know current life it was aligned with that and also you what you wanted your life to look like it sounds like those two processes that I imagine you know obviously wasn't just a one-off <laughs> but the the process of um, reflecting on those two things it helped you to arrive to this decision to take time off work that occurred with your partner, as as you mentioned there as well. Yeah, so thank you. It just really, I suppose, helps others listening who are possibly maybe in that indecisive mode at the moment, where to next, as to what could help them in arriving to a decision that works best for them. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I had actually tried Previously, I tried cutting down from five days a week to four days a week at work okay. as a as something to, to support and manage. That was particularly not long after my uh, dad passed away, mm-hmm. and it just didn't it didn't last. It didn't work. I ended up like I just didn't really manage that very well because I would still end up working more than I really should have. Oh. And I hear a lot of people doing that. I did that. Well, I cut down clients. That how many mm-hmm. I saw trying that way as well which you know you, you know we don't know till we do to see if that works and and with some work what I've heard too for some people that it's like they end up doing the full the, the hours that they do because the work role really doesn't change <laughs> or or it might be something to do with how they work as well and you know just taking yeah. that too. Mm, mm, yeah yeah and I think on top of just feeling exhausted and like I really needed time out I had always had this, I guess, desire or fire in my belly to just take some time out and it sounds really selfish, but just do things that I wanted to do or go traveling. I really wanted to do Spanish immersion. So I'd been learning Spanish and had always really wanted to go live in a Spanish speaking country and, and do a language immersion. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I think it was kind of like this, I'd got, I had got to this 
I guess, breaking point essentially where I was just like, mm. yeah, screw this. <laughs> screw this. Yeah. Um, let's shake things up a bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to focus on me. And yeah. I think it was like it was a, it, that was a decision and a process and a journey that I went on with my partner. So it was something that we did together. Mm. I'm curious, yeah, to find out a bit more about if it's okay if you're willing to share. Yeah, sure. Having your partner on board with this need that you had for yourself as well, having uh, them along in this process of taking time off, I just, yeah, I'm just curious about that and how that may have really helped you or didn't, but I imagine it did. Yeah, Super, super helpful, really helpful. And I think, you know, so grateful and lucky that we were in a position to do that together mm. uh, financially. Yeah. Like that's, that's you know, a huge, a huge part of this. Completely understand that not everyone is in a position to be able to make that decision yeah. or change their life in a way where they can just take time out. But, yeah, I think being able to to make that decision together was was so important and really really helpful and I mean look, I don't want to speak on behalf of him but I'm sure he'd be happy to to say that I think he was pretty burnt out as well to be honest yeah um you know he's also been going uh really hard in his career for even longer than me for about 10 years and you know I think so many people are post-covid and through all of that mm-hmm. just retired and yeah spent um we were also really lucky in that my partner he had long service leave so he took long service leave at half pay um we both were able to keep our permanent jobs I took unpaid leave from my job but so we we both were able to take that time out and have job security to come back to we we were renting at the time so we moved out of our our rental so we weren't paying rent while we went traveling and took time out and stayed with family and things like that so mm-hmm. I think it's important to be upfront about those things because yeah again just acknowledging you know not everyone is in that position and I, we both feel extremely grateful and lucky that we were able to to do that and had the means to do that yeah no exactly yeah so tell us about like so having that six months, break and being um following a passion you know something that you you set a fire in the belly you know to immerse yourself in the in 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 a spanish-speaking country and and spanish being something that you were learning sounds like you were learning prior to but wanting to immerse yourself in in a country to to um, really connect with the culture and the language um it's yeah i'm just curious about what you notice like with, with taking that time out how that helped and I'm assuming it helped but you know what you noticed changed for you as you immersed yourself in the, in that time out yeah it at the beginning it's again because I wrote I wrote some notes on how I was feeling as I as I went through the, the journey but I remember at the beginning when I took the time out just feeling really like just feeling quite negative about mm. about my my work uh, and certainly not feeling very engaged at the time. And like, I was just like, 
I just need some time out. Like I just, I don't, I, yes, I had some plans and goals around what that would look like. Actually, no, I had a lot of expectations. Like, <laughs> let's be honest about what that would look like. Yeah. And yes, I really, I really did have a lot of expectations about, you know, what I was going to achieve and what I would do. And I'd have so much time and I could do all those projects that I'd always wanted to do with all this time that I was going to have. Yeah. And and then I just like I just felt tired in the beginning. I was like, I don't feel like doing anything. Mm. <laughs> I, um, yeah, so it really took me. I think it took me three months, about three months, which was about halfway through, mm. to just, or probably to start feeling like, oh, I want to. Uh, like be open to to learning and so we see you know doing Spanish lessons was part of that yeah but like I didn't want to read any what do you call it non-fiction books or any of that I was like no I don't want to do any of that stuff like Mm. I just want to enjoy myself and move my body and eat good food and travel and have a good time and I mean, I'm, I'm painting it all to be really beautiful and rosy, but yeah. there was still tough days amongst that where I was like, I have all this time off and, mm. you know, I still feel like crap today. Yeah, so it was, it was certainly up and down and a bit all over the place. And Yeah. And it's really interesting hearing your story because I haven't speak, spoken to someone who, who travelled in their time, but what I feel, it doesn't matter what place you're in. When you have stopped... And it doesn't mean that those symptoms and, and, and your emotional, mental and physical health all of a sudden comes right, you know, and, and that you're able to do the whatever you set yourself or the work, even though it's not work, mm. work, but it's still work, it's still energy out and into something. Yeah. It's just not because yeah. your body's still recovering and that's what you experience, that's what I, other people I speak to, that's what happened to me. I had all these goals because we're hard working, mm-hmm. you know, we're, you know yeah. we put the same yeah. and mental mindsets to, to even our recovery and it just mm-hmm. work like that and, and often it is just what you want what you said you you did engage in you know just moving your body eating doing things that that are simple but really reconnecting and not too energy or energy draining at all but it doesn't mean that there are days where you have that fight with yourself that you because your body is you know certainly recovering from everything so there's really emotional days early on and it doesn't matter where you are and you're living proof of that it really doesn't matter where you are you're still recovering from everything yeah but yes well I think Everywhere you go, you go to. Yeah. You take yourself yeah. wherever you go in the world, and or and even not it, you know, not even internationally. Yeah, so it it was amazing. I had you know an an incredible time, but I think I think we have these ideas and expectations. Mm. Um, so you know, certainly I think social media culture these days, but even just the expectations we put on ourselves that, you know, oh, I'll be in foreign lands and it'll all be amazing and exciting and beautiful. And a lot of the time it is, but you still, yeah, you still have to deal with yourself and there's still challenges. And I think the other thing that we found pretty quickly was we 
moving too fast was just too much. So we were quite intentional in really slowing down and staying in places, staying in one place longer because just really found, yeah, just found it. And again, I feel, I feel, I feel guilty when I say this because I'm like, you know, I feel so privileged and lucky to have been able to have the experience I had, but to be quite honest, found it exhausting to move around all the time and really found it uh, that we got a lot a lot more out of the experience when we would slow down and yeah. you know, just spend more time in one place. Yeah, can hear that. Yeah, that guilt there. And at the same time, such wherever you are, like even if you're not over in Mexico or Italy or wherever we are in the world that we mm. place and if we have that opportunity, there's still some very fundamental processes. Like I was, I needed to teach myself and allow myself to slow down. I was still pushing myself in those first few months and probably longer as well. But like fighting with myself that it is okay to slow down and and needing to slow my pace. So I think anyone can benefit from hearing that no matter where they are, that often we're moving at a pace. Our society expects that, you know, we live in a culture glorifies busyness so even even in our recovery you know how many times we hear like self-care here's a list you know like no Mm -hmm. slowing down is I think a fundamental process in well I think ongoing well-being but definitely in recovery (laughs) um recovery yeah 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 and it's not it's not easy I don't find it easy no no it's definitely it's one of those other mindset shifts that also comes with behavioral shifts it's it's something we battle with if we come from uh that expectation of ourselves to always be doing always be moving always yeah even in our health yeah and well yeah but the guilt thing is such an interesting one because I felt so guilty to take this time out like I felt so guilty Mm asking work I felt really guilty about when it was approved Uh, I was super grateful uh, and my boss was amazing she was so supportive but I felt so guilty for all my colleagues who I knew were also struggling and you know I don't know if everyone was struggling but I know that lots of people were tired and feeling exhausted and Mm. and burnt out and I just felt I felt a lot of guilt about that and that was something again I think it's important just to say that that wasn't you know, I'm not saying poor me or anything, but I'm just saying it wasn't it wasn't an easy process. It was something I had to work through as well. Definitely, and I'm glad you shared that in more detail too, Eva. Because again, I've I've heard the same thing, and people who are still working but really in that indecisive, you know, they're, they're thinking they need time out, but they stay because they feel guilt for leaving. Mm-hmm. Those things that you shared. So it's important that just because we see someone making that decision like you have, it doesn't mean that that hasn't come with it. Because I think sometimes we think, oh, that person did leave work, so they mustn't feel guilty. It's like, nope. <laughs> no. Yeah. Often it with, yeah. Which is what makes it hard to make that decision. Is there anything that helped you be able to move forward even though that guilt was there? Yeah. I think I I just fundamentally knew that I, I wasn't mm. – I wasn't showing up as who I could and wanted to be. I I knew that I I didn't feel like I was giving what I should Mm -hmm. to my work. Mm -hmm. And I was confident that taking some time out would be the best thing for me personally, but also 
for my workplace and my colleagues as well from a work context. Yeah, exactly. So that guilt that you're feeling for leaving your workmates and knowing that they were having, assuming, but, you know, quite rightly assumed that a lot of people are doing it tough in workplaces and in life at the moment. But what, you know, also realising looking after yourself was going to help you, you had faith, you had trust that looking after yourself will help you be able to show up at work you're ready to return in a way that would be better for the team. So it's sort of like, okay, well, this will be in service of others as well. Me looking after me will be in service of others as well. Yeah. Yeah. I just had to trust myself on that one. And just acknowledging that the status quo, and this was, I guess, in a part of my decision-making process in terms of well, what does now look like and what could the future look mm. like? And one of the options actually written down was, you know, maintain status quo. And it was very clear once that was written down that that just wasn't an option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yep, no. <laughs> no, no, not doing that one. So with this time off, because like you said, it took a few months in to really sort of find uh, that you were starting to connect. Oh, I, I don't know. But, yeah, finding that things were starting to shift, that you were, yeah, doing better. I don't know. Yeah, I was supposed to just taking us back there into that six-month break and, and what you were noticing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was really nice. It was, it was such a nice experience to start feeling like just getting mm. that, you know, I talked about it before, but getting that fire in the belly back again for mm. learning and feeling excited about the future and what that could look like and what am I interested in and you know just like being taking time to sit down and reflect on things and saying what are my strengths or what are the areas that I'd really like to improve on Mm. from a professional perspective really looking at at that what do I what do I bring to a workplace or a team and what what are those unique strengths that I bring and really taking some time to to sit down and think about those things, which I don't think we often mm. uh, have the luxury of time or the, I guess, the the space in our minds to to do that, which was really, which was really nice. And just feeling really excited, like, especially about learning, like yep. I was just absolutely loving learning Spanish and really feeling like I was getting better which was pretty exciting and I was in an immersion environment so I was learning quite quickly and able to practice and having that uh, I guess you know instant reward in terms of learning and then practicing it was it was tough it was certainly tough but I was enjoying the challenge of it and I hadn't hadn't enjoyed that in a while yeah I'm, in terms of being challenged <laughs> yeah I'm hearing a lot of from what you shared about what was missing and those signs those red flags that you weren't okay were coming back online like you were online I'm just kind of referring to the body like a, a technology yeah, here I know what but you mean. yeah like you were fine that far in the valley the passion was was reconnecting there with the thing that you were you know your Spanish immersion that you were uh, the activity that you were doing there and even I hear that those often in psych we call it the cognitive capabilities like really being able to reflect to problem solves the wrong word but just you know being able to engage that side of our brain again that often goes offline 
needing yeah. challenges because, like you said, it was the Spanish immersion was challenging, and, and feel excited and, and passionate about that. And mm. these things were coming back online, and, and you noticed that in that second half of of being away, you know, to to recover to support your health and well being. What what other things did you notice uh, changing and shifting? Yeah, more certainly more energy. Um, just just in general feeling feeling more energy and I had a thought and it's totally just escaped my brain and I'm sure it'll come back yeah what about relationship but did you find any changes there with connection because as you mentioned it was really hard for you to connect as well to your loved ones when you were really unwell yeah yeah, that was that was that was actually the line of thought I was going with. It was around just being feeling a lot of gratitude for home, and I think travel always does this. Mm. Mm. Where it, yes, the experience most of the time that you're having is new and it's exciting and uh, incredible, but at the same time, I always feel or am reminded about how lucky we are mm-hmm. back home and mm-hmm. it could be could be things like having clean running water that we can yeah. drink out of the tap but even more simply just little things like having such an amazing support friend and family network that I that I feel so grateful to have mm. and yeah so I think so certainly feeling a lot of a lot of gratitude for the simple things uh, that in my experiences overseas, but also back home. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Was there anything else, you know, that you noticed had changed or shift that were signs that, hey, I'm doing better, I'm doing okay? Because I'm mindful that you are uh, back in Australia as well. I don't know that's a yeah. really recent yeah. experience as well of coming home back to Australia. But just any other things that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. I think probably the best way to sum it up is enjoying using my brain again Mm. I don't really know how to put it any other way than that but I think for for a lot of time I just wanted to tap out Mm. and I didn't even feel like I had the capacity to I don't know get a problem like problem solve or really think critically about things or plan or yeah um, I mean obviously did have to plan and you know we there was a whole bunch of stuff that went along with that but yeah. yeah I think using my brain again is probably the best way that I can describe it I like, yeah because it's so it's so true like I, I did describe my experience I felt like there was a fog like a heavy fog that mm-hmm. I just couldn't break it and that fog took a long time to lift yeah kind of remember how long but it took a long time and and the fog basically represents, yeah, not being able to to engage in those cognitive capabilities that I quite readily did. Going to university and, and the job that I do, you know, involves a lot of relying on my brain and on those cognitive capabilities. Yeah. They were just not yeah. the fog. So what I'm hearing for you, when you're able to re-engage in that, that's what's been so like a big part of knowing that, hey, I'm doing okay and I'm doing a lot better. And, and it also sounds very... Uh, relieving or um... yeah yeah it is and I think you know being home now so I've been home for a bit over a month now and again that that has actually come with its its own challenges as well because it's 
it's, I guess, returning to work, had a lot of anxiety around that. Yeah. Uh, And, yeah, I think it's, again, it's not like it's just been this, oh, okay, back to Australia, super grateful for everything, going back to work, woohoo, going to be great. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, again, it's some days it's, ah, feel, you know, feel great, and other days I don't. But on the days that I don't feel as good, Mm. I feel much more equipped and prepared and able to be able to navigate those days in in a way that I can get up again the next day and I'm okay. Nice, fabulous. Because, yeah, um, just like burnout or, or, you know, our emotional mental health decline is not a linear process. So yeah. is is the whole back to wellness or back to our, our well-being, whatever you want to call that, recovery or whatever words, it's not linear either. And, and life, like even when we're well, it's not like we're on this straight and narrow wellness all the time. There's days in which we have bad days, but the sign that we are well is that we can respond to it and we feel equipped to respond to it. And it doesn't keep us down for long. You know, next day we're back up. That's the signs I think of yeah. wellness. And, and that challenge you mentioned there, like, uh, which is very common. I, I do hear, and certainly my own experience, you know, that anxiety that comes with returning to, to the work that we were doing when we weren't well. Yeah. Is there anything that you'd like to share on what, what's helped you there, like with managing that? Hmm. I think a, a big one for me is trusting myself and listening to my body. Mm. Yeah. And, and just prioritising prioritizing myself and prioritizing breaks and when I say prioritizing breaks I mean in this context small breaks Mm. because previously I would sit at the computer for hours on end without Mm. you know moving or feel guilty just to go for a walk or to sit down and have lunch and I've I think boundaries is probably a good word (laughs) I found it a lot easier to set boundaries and work in those boundaries and not feel guilty about it. Yeah. Because I know that I'll show up and do a better job because of that, because of the breaks and the boundaries. Yeah. It sounds like bringing in everything that you've learned and worked on that led you to to that health decline you're you're bringing that wisdom into now returning to work and like just what you said there about that this is in service of others you looking after you when you took that time off because that's what you needed then but this you know taking the breaks and the smaller breaks you have that value in mind well this is in service of others because I can show up in a in in so much better quality as a, as a co-worker and 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 in your role if if I do this yeah, yeah. I'm not if so that that yeah that is helping yeah and and the journaling like I write these things down like you know what literally what what have I learned in the past six months yeah. <laughs> I write these things down so I can come back to them or again very like values are very important to me so and always reassessing what those are what's yeah. what are what are my values and and again I like to write them down so I can quite easily access them 
it's so powerful to find a mechanism like journaling or whatever it might be for people where we can tune in with ourselves and record it in some ways because you know when we get into our daily day lives it's very easy to disconnect from ourselves from these things that help us function you know being aware of our values reconnecting back to it noticing what's showing up for us and our thoughts our feelings how we're acting you know that and journaling is just such a a, a helpful way to do that because yeah definitely I mean I'm only speaking from my experience here but I I was very disconnected from myself I thought I was very connected with myself but when I started journaling which was only at the heart of my burnout that I did it because I'm like I know I haven't I haven't really tuned into myself not not really uh in that way and and that's why I continue to do it that I keep doing it because I know it's very easy to lose to disconnect from self I suppose and all those things that as you mentioned really help you and are helping you right now yeah yeah I mean thank you so much you shared so much there in your story that I I know uh those who are listening will will certainly benefit from and hearing those processes that worked for you and the experiences that you had that I'm sure people will relate to and find some help with in their own journey or just understanding this experience of, of burnout and what can happen as well. And I just wanted to check if there was you know, anything else that you wanted to share, maybe particularly around, I sometimes say to people, to guests, like a takeaway message, like sort of the, if you wanted the listener to sort of go away with one thing, you know, what, what would it be that you would share with them and, and anything else that you feel you need to share before we finish up today Mm. trust yourself Mm. listen to your body and look after yourself yeah simple but powerful thank you from the bottom of my heart Eva uh was sharing your burnout experience with us all thanks for having me it's been really nice to chat with you Shan Uh, my pleasure anytime Thank you for listening to this episode of Burnout, A Different Kind of Gap Year podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please like or comment to let me know. Also, share so others can benefit too. To keep up to date when new episodes are released, follow us on your favourite podcast provider or subscribe at www.adifferentkindofgapyear.com. If you'd like to share your burnout to recover experience or you are an expert working in the field of burnout and would like to share your work on the podcast, please email me at a different kind of gap year at outlook.com. The views, opinions, tips and the like expressed in this podcast by myself or my guests are not a replacement for personalized therapy. Just like I've done for myself, I encourage those of you who are suffering to seek professional help. Thank you.